So Christmas has always been one of those fun seasons. It's always been an exciting time. Um, for me, like, I'm hit or miss on Christmas music, right? And so, like, some Christmas music I like, some I'm like, eh, I can go without. And, uh, and so this type of year, like, I always find myself listening to Christmas music that I listened to as a kid. And so, like, out of nowhere the other day, um, I was wrapping some gifts, and I decided I was going to listen to Neil Diamond Christmas. Like, where did that come from? Like, good night. And then, and then you start, like, so, like, my parents, they ruined me musically. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they taught me some good stuff. But, um, but Christmas has always been one of those, those fun times. And this is Christmas Sunday here at Movement Church. And I said it earlier, but I think it's super exciting that this is like our first Christmas ever as a church. And this is exciting. And you guys get to be a part of that. And, and uh, it really didn't hit me until the other day that this was even something. Like, didn't even think about it. I'm just like, it's Christmas time. Like, that's cool. But like, literally, this is the first Christmas as the church. And so I am super excited about that. And, uh, and so where we're headed today is, is a fun place for me, um, because we've been talking about the experience of Jesus, and our main concentration of the past three, four weeks has been the light, and what the light looks like, and how this light works, and all these different places and stuff that we go, and so, you know, three weeks ago, we talked about the Magi, and how they came to visit Jesus in a home, and when they came to visit him, they brought him riches, they brought him gifts, but Jesus brought us the, the everlasting gift, the gift of light, the, the gift that will never burn out, the, the light that will always shine bright. And then, and then we talked about the fact that Jesus is the lighthouse and, and how important it is to have that lighthouse and, and have that, that strong place that you can always look at. Because even in the midst of the ocean, even in the middle of the ocean, you can find a lighthouse. And that lighthouse is not always to say, hey, there's, there's dry land coming ahead, but sometimes it's even to warn you from danger to say, hey, there's a lot of rocks around here. If you bring your boat over here, it's not going to go very well for you. And I think that Jesus does the exact same thing. In fact, I know he does, that he warns us whenever we're getting to those places in our life where we're, we're starting to flirt with some danger. Um, sometimes we hear it, sometimes we don't. But I, we all get that warning. And then last week we talked about the idea of, of what's it look like to be the light, to, to show the light, that he calls us to do that. And so do you shine just a little bit? Is it a 40-watt light bulb? Or, or are you striving to have that 100-watt watt bulb, light bulb that, that like blinds people? Like my wife, whenever I put that, that 100 water up here the other day, like she's like, it's giving me a headache. Like... But that's legit. Like, that's like, that's how it should be. It's like, man, you got so much Jesus. You're giving me a headache, man. Like, get away from me. But uh, it's, it's cool stuff. Like, it's exciting to see how God intertwines and works constantly. But today, what we're jumping into is this passage of Scripture that is preached often. In fact, in fact, if, if Jesus were to have written a manifesto, I think that this probably would have been it, because these are his words, and this is his way of saying, here is how you are to live your life. And, and it's spread out over 111 verses, I'm pretty sure. And in those 111 verses, it just kind of spells it out for you. Um, and so uh, one of the, my favorite verses that comes from that is, is that he, he comes in and he's saying this. He's, he's talking about these different things. And he says, I didn't come here to, to take away the law that was given. No, I'm coming here to complete it. And I think that is an incredible statement to say that Jesus came to complete the law. He came to complete what it was that was there and what was given to us in this roadmap to what it is our salvation. 
And, and so in Matthew chapter 5, this is the beginning of, of what is called the, the, the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount. And you find in these, in these uh, couple chapters, verse five, six, or chapters 5, 6, and 7, you find um, all different types of things in there. And you find the Great Commission as well as a part of that. Um, which is something that we talk about often, that God sends us to all parts of the earth, uh, and that's how we base our ministries. And so uh, we go in then to, to verse 13 of chapter 5 in Matthew. And uh, I'm going to read this, but then I've got another version I'm going to read to you that's a lot better, I think. The NIV version says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. All right, let's back up. I'm going to reread this, but I'm going to read this in a different version. So verse 13 again. Let me tell you why you are here. Remember, this is Jesus. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you love, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your, useful, your usefulness, and you will end up in the garbage. And so I think that's such an important scripture to kind of hang on right there because, man, he's telling you, like, I need you to remain salty. I need you to be there. I need you to be something for people. And, and when you think about this and you, and you really understand some different things from back then was that the salt that they used, a, a big portion of it came from the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is like nothing but salt. And so that's where the salt would come from. The problem was is that the salt that was taken from the Dead Sea had so many impurities in it that it would lose its saltiness very quick. You see, it wasn't just like it was just pure and it was there like, our table salt, good night. You can put that in the pantry for a couple of years and it's still good. I don't know if it even has an expiration date. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Um, but this stuff, this stuff would go bad and it would go bad quick. And I think it's, what's cool about this is that Jesus used this for a distinct purpose. We're not perfect. We're full of impurities. We're full of issues. We're full of, of, of bad thoughts. We're full of negativity at times. We're full of all sorts of things that just kind of cloud our judgment and cloud the way that we are. And the problem is, is that that stuff can come in and consume us so much that we can't even be effective in his kingdom. And that's what he's talking about right here is the fact that, that I need you to be effective for me. And if you are no longer salty, if you're no longer useful in any way for the kingdom, what good are you? And, he, and I love that version because it says at the end of it that you have lost your usefulness, and you will end up in the garbage. Like, where else are you going to be? There's no more point. Would you put salt that's not salty on your food? There's no point. You put salt that's not salty on your food, you got to go get some salt that is salty. You got to go find somebody else. And so, and so I think that is such a crucial part. But then we jump in to just a couple of verses uh, later, and it says this. And they were having a party back there. I'm liking it. Um, <laughs> it says this, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. I love that. Listen to this. You're here to be light. Jesus didn't say like, hey, I'm here to be the light. No, no. He's like telling us and he's reminding us, you're here to be the light. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept, 
We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to be putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you up there on the hilltop on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with, with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open with God, this generous Father in heaven. Man, how powerful is that to think about that, that, that he's given us that light, that that light that we have witnessed, that light that we have seen with our own eyes, with, with our own spiritual selves, we can be that light. And he is challenging, challenging us in huge ways to shine that light for others. He's saying, why would I have given you this light and thrown you in a bucket for you to hide it? You need to go and you need to share that light. You need to share it with others. You need to act the way that I've called you to. And that's what this whole entire sermon from, first, or from chapter 5 to chapter 7 is all about, how to live your life. But the best part about what Jesus did was it wasn't a bunch of laws that he came in and delivered. He delivered grace in there as well that gives us a place to say, I know you're going to mess up, but here is what it's all about. This is what the Advent week number four is all about, is repentance. Being able to say, God, I am sorry for what it is that I have done. I know that I fall short. I know that I have issues. I know that at times I gossip. I know at times I'm negative. I know at times I fall short. But man, you are there to pick me up and you forgive me for those things. That is incredible. Just incredible. We're called to reach others. So I'm here to say this. Don't let the darkness overtake you. 2020 has been crazy. Like, I'm not telling a secret here. You're not sitting here in this room right now or online going, what? I thought 2020 was fabulous. Maybe if you're like a super introvert and you're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I can't go anywhere and people can't see me. But for the majority of us, we're like, no, like this is awful. First, first we find ourselves in places that we can't travel. We can't go out. We can't be with family. We can't be with friends. Easter was spent for the first time ever online in like 99% of churches across America. How crazy is that to even think of that? But Here's the thing about that. When that happened, when that took place, when church ended up online all across the country and really all across the world, you know that there were more people than ever that attended church that day? That was incredible. The amount of people that were showing up online in churches across America were unbelievable. There were churches that had over a million people streaming in live at one specific time. That is incredible. A reach that they never would have had otherwise. God uses those times. There's a lot of bad things that are happening right now. Not even just there, but we think about some of the health that goes on within our church right now. And we're seeing people that, that, that are part of the church that are dealing with, with, with family who's on, who's on ventilators. And then we have, we have people that are, that are looking at massive surgeries coming up. Surgeries that can be life-changing, not only just for one person, but for the entire family. And all these things, it's almost like it just seems to keep building up and adding to. And it's like, man, is there ever going to be an end to this? And we just wonder and we, we question and, and we think about this. But here's the deal, is that before Jesus came to this earth, there was a moment of time, a good period of time, where people look back and they say, I, I really didn't witness God in this time. And it is this like this openness time. There's this time in scripture where there's nothing really even written. It wasn't like the Old Testament ended and Jesus came and that began. No, there was time. There was time. There was, 
there was a place where people were wondering and, and, and what's going on and what's happening. And then all of a sudden, what appears that changes the course of everything from that point? A star, a light. I don't think that God works in coincidences. In fact, if you're a fan of NCIS like I am, Leroy Jethro Gibbs does not believe in coincidences either. That's one of his rules, that there's no such thing as a coincidence. And so I don't believe that God works that way. And here tomorrow is going to be the first time in over 800 years that these planets have aligned in a way that they are calling it the Star of Bethlehem. People all across the world are calling it this because it's going to be the brightest thing to be in the sky that we've ever seen in our lives. That's incredible. That is one of the coolest things ever. And it just so happens to be in 2020 at the end of the year going into Christmas. Come on now. God works. But even in those darkest of times, even in the times that we're questioning, okay, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why are they getting COVID? Why are they getting this? That you have to still be the light because it's so easy to fall into darkness. It's so easy to find yourself in a place that, that you want to be negative about things. Trust me, I know. I get it. I've been there in times this past few months where it's just like, man, nothing is going right. This is just a bummer. But what we need to do is stay focused on the fact that he's calling us to be a light. If we are nothing but negative, if we're nothing but, but man, this is, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us, we're just putting our light in a bucket. That light's being hidden. That light's being covered up, and it's being at no use for the kingdom. So I challenge you this season, not even just this Christmas season, I'm talking about the season of your life, to be that light, to show that light, to share that light with others. Even when you're having a hard day, a smile from you is something that can change the course of somebody's life forever. You know, it's crazy to think that, but it's the, it's the truth. It's the reality of it. You never know what the person that you're looking at, you never know the person that you're coming across in a grocery store. You never know the person that you're looking at through a drive-thru. You never know what is going on in their life. And a simple smile, a simple hello, goes such a long way. And that's what the light is all about. It's about being joy and, and having hope and having faith to know that God has this no matter what it is that's happening. God is in control. When that baby was born, we got this cabbage patch kid, I think, in this thing, and Jesus was definitely not a cabbage patch kid. I always wondered if Jesus came out with, like, really long hair or not. Like, what if he had the Jesus do straight from birth? That would have been crazy. But you got Jesus, he's chilling in a manger, and, uh, and all this is happening. And I, and I think it's so cool because truly, really, Jesus could have came in his 30s, right? Like, this isn't like now where we have social media. We know where people have been their entire life. You can go back and, and read about. Like, I learned a lot about Pastor Jules by snooping on her Facebook not too long ago. Like, I'm going I'm to tell on her. Like, she was in beauty pageants at one point. Like, she did all the, yeah, it's, I taught on her. But it's like, you learn a lot about somebody. You're like, <laughs> you, should, you should never look at skies. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You just find out that he likes bad football teams. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I said something earlier, too, about it. It's just, I can't help it sometimes. I don't know. But Jesus could have came in his 30s. He could have came walking into town, cruising into town, and been like, hey, I need you to follow me, and people would have followed. Like, Peter didn't follow because he was like, hey, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, 
I knew you from a baby. Like, it didn't happen that way. Like, Jesus could have came strolling in town, but he didn't. He came in the same way that we came in. He comes in, he represents this new life, this new creation, and this purity. And from birth, purity. It was incredible. Just this morning after service, we had a chance, I had a chance to, to pray with somebody that accepted Christ this morning. And, and this baby represents what they just went through, this new life, this new creation. They, they, they went from their old self to their new self. They were, they were the dead and now alive in faith. And, and it was so exciting to be able to pray that prayer with her. And, and we celebrated together. But this, this birth is so much more, and it represents so much in our lives. I'm excited with what God is doing in our lives and, and how he continues to shape us and mold us and call us. And so I'm asking you today this very important question. Are you willing to be salty and lit? Point blank. Are you willing to be salty and lit? Because that's what scripture is asking you to be. He's asking you to be the salt of the world and he's asking you to be a light on a stand, to share with everybody what it is that you have. So I'm challenging you that today, not just until Christmas, not just until the new year. I want to challenge you to this season of your life, even when things are rough, even when you just can't seem to get out of it, it just seems like everything is collapsing around you, to continue to share and to show that light because God has it. He has it. I know sometimes it's really hard for us to see that. I know sometimes it's really hard for us to admit that, but God has it. He is the light that never burns out. He is the light that will always lead you away from danger. He is the light that will always guide you back home. He is the light that will show you things that you've never seen before. And he shares that with us so that we can be that light to share with our friends, to share with our family, to share with that stranger on the street, to share with your neighbor at home that he is the light. And in him, there is no darkness. 